0: Hi there, this is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's word and the ministry of the spirit. Glory, glory to God. Well, if you have someone, a father there with you, you can just go ahead and wish the person happy Father's Day. Hallelujah, you can wish, you know, you don't don't necessarily even have to be a father already, you know, even if you're an expectant father, amen, Amen. glory to God, so you're also, you know, part of the people we are wishing a glorious Father's Day, you see, it's a privilege to share the same name with God, it's an honor, and it's a privilege at the same time. You see to share the same name with god the bible refers to god as the father of our lord jesus christ amen. of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named amen. and we are here again calling you a know, certain human people fathers we are so glad for that amen you know when we get to celebrate mothers a lot and it is our opportunity to celebrate fathers as well and we just want to say that god is giving us grace. You know, as fathers, to do exactly what he has in mind is causing us to birth generations according to his plans and according to his will. Amen. many many Well, we're back here. We had a short break last week. We joined our senior pastor, Pastor Dilly Oshimakinde. You know, last week, and what a wonderful time! Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. And before that, we've been looking at Psalm 23. Pastor has sucked out the Jews from that scripture <laughs> and we've just been you know that's still in the first verse of Psalm 23 we know we've just been, you know seen several vistas of that particular scripture and we're excited about that you know Pastor Dami, you know was explaining to us how that number one that when it concerns the shepherd nature of God and how we can take advantage of the promise that we have in the book of Psalm, chapter 23, then there are two things. Number one talks about the integrity of God's character, of God's nature, of God's word, and secondly, he talked about the variableness of you know our submission as he ship. All right. And then he went ahead to also mention several things. Remember, Pastor Dami mentioned how that it is necessary if we're also going to take advantage of what God promised. In Psalm 23 and verse 1, it is necessary that you locate your night nine. To nine. Mm, it's necessary you locate your night and because God will not shepherd you in isolation. God will not shepherd you outside of the context of a family. There's always a family to the things of God. I just quoted earlier Ephesians chapter 3. You know, if you read from verse 14, Paul praying for the Ephesian church said, I bow my knees unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth, is named. So God treats people, God relates to us in families. He relates to us in families. And so you need to find your family. The Bible says in Psalm 68, the Bible says that he brings the solitary and brings them into a family. He locates them in a family. And so you need to find your 99. Pastor Dami also spoke about the context of the shepherd, having a shepherd context. You see how that is that is also you know dependent, you know, the promise is also dependent on you having a shepherd context. And that's very important. You are expecting God to open up a heavens towards you to reach out and supply your needs. But you see, there is no one looking up unto you as a shepherd, as it were. No one is looking up onto you that, okay, if this man comes, you know, this is what is going to happen. There is no one you are being a blessing to. It's all about you. And if you're all wrapped up all by yourself, you make a very small package. You see, the, the provisions of God is also very dependent on your shepherd context. Hallelujah. And many others, you could go to our SoundCloud, you know, um, our SoundCloud account and check out some of these messages. I will be zooming in a bit on one of the things Pastor Daniel shared with us in the course of this series. I'll just zoom in a bit on that. And uh, I've, I've chosen to title, I've gotten the grace to title from Pete you know. So I've chosen to title, this is more like a question anyway. It's called, have you gotten your independence? Woo-hoo! That's what I'm gonna be teaching on today. Have you gotten your independence? Hallelujah. Mm, So should we have an independence day just like nations? And what is your own independence day? (laughs) Have you gotten your independence? And I'm going to be zooming in on the the concept of submission. You'll see how all this links up. I'm going to be zooming in on the concept of submission. Remember one of the very first statements Pastor Demi made, which is very true is the fact that if you're going to enjoy everything that God has for you, then it's dependent on two things. One is a constant, the other is a variable. The constant is God's integrity. God's integrity. And that is a constant because we know that God cannot lie. Titus chapter 2, the Bible says, "The God who cannot lie in hope of eternal life, in which God who cannot lie. Uh, So God cannot say one thing and mean the other. In Numbers 23, he said, God is not a man that he should lie, you see, or the son of man that he should repent or change his mind. Has he said a thing? Has he sent you a word? Has he given you a promise? He will not change his mind on it. He will not change his mind on it. He told Jeremiah Jeremiah one he says, what can you see? He said, I see the branch of an almond tree. And then he said, Well, you see, you've seen right. And then he says, I hasten over my word to bring it to pass. So you see, whatever goes forth out of the mouth of God will not come back unto him void. It. So it's a constant. And as you know, at least to the extent to which I know, Max, I know that the answer to any question is not dependent on the constant, it's on the variable. It's on the variable. So it means that the extent to which we enjoy God's shepherd nature, is the extent to which we are submitted to his will. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be sharing a few paradigms with regards to submission today. And we'll see how, you know, independence has got to do with this. The extent to which you enjoy the shepherd nature of God, the extent to which you enjoy the goodness of God, is heavily dependent on your submission to his will, Your submission to His word and your submission to His ways. The sheep that will not submit to the shepherd nature of God, to the leadership of God, is the sheep that will not enjoy God's goodness. You see, because you remember in Luke chapter 15, where you know people call that the the chapter of the lost chapter, you know, the chapter of the lost of the lost, because the Bible explained first how you know there was a sheep that was lost explained secondly how there was a coin that was lost and then on the third note explained how there was a son that was lost. Notice when the son left the house what he began to experience. His experience outside of the house was not the same with his experience in house and that's because as long as you do not remain under the covering of God's shepherd nature, you are exposed to wars, you are exposed to thieves, you are exposed to the danger and the elements of life, as long as you would not, you see, submission is a major thing as the sheep, and funny enough, you see, with the, the animal that we know as you know sheep, we know that they don't have a wheel, but the problem with human beings is that we have a wheel. That's the problem. And that's where it becomes a thing for us because we, we have the capacity to think up our own plans. We have the capacity to tell what we are going to do. You, you have plans as to what tomorrow is going to look like. Okay, I'm going to be here tomorrow. I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'm going to do the other tomorrow. And you, you, you've you planned your future. And you see, you can plan your future so much that you plan it out of God's will. Wow. The Bible says in, in, in Proverbs 16, verse 1, it says the preparation of a heart belongs unto man. He says, but the answer of the tongue cometh from the Lord. It comes from the Lord. So you can plan. You can prepare. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, it says that lean not, lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and then he will straighten your path he will straighten your path. God knows more about your future than you do about your past wow. and then you saw so by reason of that you need to depend on him you need to throw your own weight on him this is not a time for you to have an independence that's what I'm saying you ought not to have an independence day you ought not to have gotten independence it is those that have independence that are become a prey for predators in life a Christian is a dependent person. We are heavily dependent. Wow. We are heavily dependent. Heavily dependent. To depend on yourself in life is like depending on a broken feet to run a race. Wow. So you have to depend on God. You have to be submissive to his will. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19, he says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Oh, there's so much good in the land. There is something the Lord wants to do for you, but it's hint on your obedience, it's hint on your willingness, it's hint on your submissiveness. Because if you are not submissive, God cannot reach out to you. God can't reach out to you. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, and verse one of that major chapter of the blessing of the Lord, the Lord said, If you will obey the voice of your Lord, and observe to do. In fact, the old King James says, if you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord and observe to do according to all that you have been commanded this day, that the Lord is going to set you on high above all other nations. He says the Lord will bless you. And then begins so, you know, just speak the blessing of the Lord. You'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in your baskets, blessed in your going up, blessed in your coming. All of these blessings is in one thing one. if you will not do verse 1 you can as well forget about what happens from verse 2 to verse 14 you can as well forget about the blessing of the Lord some people think obedience is something of the Old Testament, no, obedience is required both in the Old and in the New as well In the Old Testament, they looked forward to the promise of God. And they had to obey God's promise, God's God's instructions rather, to partake of the promise. See, in the New Testament, we don't look forward to the promise of God. We look backward to it. But nonetheless, we still need to obey to have an experience of it. In the Old Testament, it says, if you do this, I will bless you. If you do this, this will happen. In the New Testament, they have happened quite all right, but they will remain a legalistic experience until you obey it. What makes them vital in your life is that you take God's word and you begin to act on them. You take God's word and you begin to act. You take God's word and submit yourself under God's word. You submit yourself under his rulership. You submit yourself under whatever he says to you to do. God gives, you, see, because you know, in the world that we are in right now, we are we are so much familiar with democracy. God does not operate democracy. God does not need to consult you to give you instructions. Mm. God does not need to check in on, check in on you to ask, ah, how will you feel about this thing? I'm feeling well, I'm saying these things. It will to be good for you to, to, to move to another city. What do you think? But I don't want to hurt you. No! You see, God is not trying to be user-friendly. It's not Microsoft. God is God. And he gives instructions. He, he, so the end, you begin to come to an understanding that God instructs you. Yes, there's a place of, 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 of reasoning with God. God gives us that, that, that opportunity, that latitude. For instance, you've seen in, you see in scripture, in Isaiah 1 and verse 18, he says that you should come and let's reason together. Let's reason together. Though your sin be like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. They be, though they be as crimson, they shall be white you see that, so there's a place to reason together, the bible says in, 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 in Isaiah 41 and verse 21 the bible says that come bring your strong cases bring your strong reasons saith the Lord, God is telling you bring your reasons, let's reason together but you see, you don't reason based on your own terms, you reason based on the word of God For the, the, the same way you can't go to a court of law and say, you know my lord according to a storybook that I read which storybook direct? I read which storybook did you read? Because the storybook does not count in the court of law. So, if you're going to reason with God, you have to reason based on His word. You have to reason, Hosea 14 2. The Bible says, Take words with you and turn unto the Lord. Take words with you and turn unto the Lord. But you see, that's in a place of, you know, praying together with God on the basis of His word. You know, interceding for people, interceding for things on the basis of His word. But you see, as long as you are a Christian, you've been sold out to God. The Bible makes us understand that you've been bought with a price. If you've been bought with the price, you are not your own. Stop behaving like people who haven't been bought. You know, people, we, we, we experienced this when we were much younger. You have parents, your parents have told you, don't do this. And then friends come in and then they say, you know what, let's do this. And that's the exact instruction your parents have given you. You see, those other friends, they will, they will globalize you. Because their parents have not given them such an instruction. So you cannot act in a way that other people who haven't been bought will act. You cannot make decisions all by yourself. You can't. You actually don't have the legal right, actually, to make it as a believer. You don't, because you've been bought. There's a price on your head. You can't make a decision like that. You have to consult the Holy Spirit, and you have to be submitted to Him. So the first thing I want you to understand is that everything that we need to enjoy that's the first paradigm. Everything that you need to enjoy in the twenty-fourth term is heavily dependent on your submission. Is heavily dependent on your submission. And you need to get used to God instructing your hearts. If God has not instructed you in 3 months, in 4 months, there's a problem somewhere. You've not received any kind of instruction to pray for anybody, to sow a seed to anybody, to do anything, to, to, to carry out a course of action. There's a problem somewhere you can't have a father and he does not communicate to you that you should do this or do that he's just looking at you in the same house then you know there's a problem somewhere you know there's a problem somewhere the second thing I want to tell us the second paradigm I want to tell us today is that submission brings freedom and rebellion brings bondage submission brings freedom and rebellion brings bondage bondage. You see, the idea many people have is this. You see, that once you submit to God, it it, it limits you. That when you submit to God, we are in trouble. It's as though uh, so when, when, when the idea of submission to God's counsel comes, it's like, oh, you're cutting out all my options. Oh, God will not allow me do this. God will not let me do that. God will not let me go here. So, the idea many people have Especially in, in life, generally, when you even speak about your parents and say, submit to your parents, it's like a curse. Oh, they say we should submit to oh, how will I submit? So that idea, and that's the same thing the devil tries to sell to Christians even today. That was how we deceived Let's take a look at let's look at Adam and Eve as a case study right here. Now, God gave an instruction to Adam. You can eat of every tree that is in the garden, except one. The one that is in the middle of the of the of, of, of a garden. And then he gave that instruction, passed it down to Eve. Now the serpent comes into the garden and begins to talk to Eve, have a conversation with Eve, and tells Eve that, okay, did God really say that you should not eat of all the trees that are in the garden? Mm. You see, that is the devil's scheme there. The scheme of the enemy there is this. The enemy came, listen to this, and says, and says, should did God say that you should not eat out of all the trees in the garden? And then begins to change our focus and talk about the one thing that God said not to do. That's the the, 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 the strategy of the enemy. In other words, it takes your focus out of the all the, the, the many things that God has given you access to and begins to change your focus and puts it on the one thing that God says not to do. Mm. So it makes God look like a ta- look look like a taker, it makes God look like like, like a wicked master, like someone who is depriving you. Because you know, if you begin to think that, okay, really, why would God say not to take out of this fruit? Why would God say not to take out of this tree? But there are several other trees. If you eat one tree per day, you won't finish what is in the garden. Yeah. There is more access you have through submission than there is denial. Yeah. Many people think when they're when talking about submission, it's denial that ah, we have to submit to. Uh, are, no. See, don't see it like that, never see it like that submission is actually your access code to abundance Ooh. and it's the strategy the enemy uses, the same thing concerning ties they said okay, 10% of what you have, at least that's the least and then you begin to have a problem with the 10%, you're, you're earning 25k, let's just, let's just put it as 25,000 and then 2,500 is what you have a problem with the enemy takes your focus out of the, the 17, 5 that is left and begins to tell you how ah, you can use this 2, 5, How ah, this 2, 5 will do a lot this 2, 5, and you begin to reason ah, this 2, 5, ah, this 2, 5 but you have 17, 5 left, my, fr- my friend you begin to focus on the little that you need to give God tells you wake up in the night and pray, let's give a, a, another instruction, wake up in the middle of the night and pray and you begin to go, oh, I want to sleep I've been sleeping for the past 100 days why can't you wake up in the night and just, so, but the enemy will change your focus and make you look like you are being denied your sleep now that you need rest it's where you need to, in fact you've worked all day you need, to, you need to sleep God says fast for the next 7 days and that becomes a problem for you so really what the problem is is not God's will it's not God's word, it's your flesh it's not God's word it's your flesh it's your flesh it's the flesh. If you can deal with the flesh, go to what the Bible says in 1 John 5 and verse 3. It says, love God. He said, how do you love God? By doing His commandments. And then He went ahead and said, but His commandments are not grievous. Mm-hmm. God's will is not grievous. I used to have this idea when I was much younger. Because I had several testimonies. I you know, that's the way testimonies can just color your mindset. You know, people will come and say, you know, when they got married, uh, they mean the the, the the choice God's choice for them wasn't really what they wanted, you know. But they just submitted to the will of God. And when I first of all met him, I really I didn't I didn't really like him, you know. He's really it really wasn't what I wanted, you know. And it makes it look so hard. So I be, I began to get afraid. Of, ah. If this God is only really giving wrong spouses to people, I've been giving, i have be giving, I you know, they paint such a picture as though, okay, he brought this person from afar. He's not the kind of person I would have married. I didn't like him. And I was, I mean, I was really scared that, okay, we, we, we had better find a way to find our own spouse. Because before God brings God brings someone and says that's who we want like, oh, I don't like this person. That's not God. His commandments are not devious. His commandment. Let me read to you some, some other translations of that particular scripture. Hallelujah. 1 John 5.3 A translation says, his laws are not hard. His laws are not hard. Another one says, his commandments are not difficult. Another one says, his commandments do not weigh us down. To so see some people, you think the commandment. Oh, you see people walking like this, you think ah that's that's the idea of submission. I mean, this is your full idea of submission. You 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 know, it's, it's almost like God tells some people to do certain things, and they'll be like, Oh, why, 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 why? Our attitude to God's word should be: God has told me what to do. Woo! Glory of God, I'm gonna do it. You see, because that is your passport to you see, when God gives an instruction, he's giving it from a vantage position. He's giving it from a vantage position. Freedom comes through submission. That's really your true freedom. Your freedom is in submission. Your freedom is in what God tells you to do. Your freedom is in nothing else but what God tells you to do. Look, you need to conclude this in your mind. There is nothing outside of the will of God that is good for you. You need to tell yourself that. There is once you have to step out of the will of God to get it done, forget it is not good for you. God has looked at it, he has looked at you, he has looked at your future, and he has concluded that see, this thing is not good for you. God has thought about you, and he has made due provisions for you. Oh, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, he says, in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead, and we are complete. See, there is nothing missing about you, nothing missing with regards to your future that you need to step out of God's will to get a hold of. Wow. You are complete in him, you are complete in him, you are complete in him. You need to say that to yourself again and again. First Corinthians chapter 3, from verse 21. The Bible says, All things are yours. Let no man glory man, for all things are yours. Be it Peter, be it Paul, be it Apollos, be it the world, be it life, be it death, even death is yours. Mm-hmm. Death can't be threatening you. Imagine I have a stool and the stool rises up and say, Look, I'm even tired of staying in this house. I'm going to your neighbor's house. <laughs> death is mine. Death can't be can't threaten me, Or you have a driver. The driver drives you, so you're in a meeting. And then you get into the meeting and the driver says, oh God ah, you have been two hours. Please, let's go, let's go, let's go. No, death is a driver when it's time I'll ride on it to go to the other side of eternity as long as I'm not ready to wait you will wait until I'm gone praise the name of the Lord praise the name of the Lord so all things are yours all things are yours the Bible makes us understand that God has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness unto life and has given unto you, whereby I have given great and precious promises, that by these you should what, partake of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world. All things are yours. All things are yours. All things are yours. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8, the Bible says God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you have all sufficiency, in all things may be able to abound unto every good work. I love it better than the Amplified Translation. The Amplified Translation says, God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you always, under all circumstances and in every situation, be self-sufficient. Possessing enough to require no aid, no support, and furnished in abundance unto every good work and charitable donation. <laughs> Goodness gracious. God is able to make all grace, every favor, every favor. If you need to compromise to so courage someone's favor, oh no, you missed it. You've missed it. All the favors that you need can be found in Christ Jesus. If it will not come to you in Christ, forget about it. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. We don't need the world to add to the finished works of Christ. We don't need it. So there is freedom in submission. There is freedom in submission. When you hear God give you an instruction next time, be a jump at it exactly, because that is the wisdom of God that is bring that is going to bring you unto glory. That's the wisdom of God that is going to bring you unto abundance. That's the wisdom of God to you. Hallelujah! So remember, our first paradigm was this: that submission is a very major thing to allow us access into the Shepherd nature of God. And then secondly, we saw that submission. Brings freedom and rebellion brings bondage. It brings bondage. Let me let me right here. Let me let me give another case study very quickly. Let's look at first Samuel. We don't have time to read. We don't maybe I'll, 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 I'll just talk about it. Now, this was Saul. Saul was was made king of, of, of Israel, and then the first instruction God by Samuel gave unto Saul was that you see, go to Amalek and wipe out everything that is in Amalek. Wipe out everything. Now Saul went to Amalek, wiped out 99.9% of everything there, but kept something. He kept the king of Amalek, and then took some some fattened cows, took some good stuff, and kept it. And then the Lord told Samuel that you see, I've rejected Saul. As in the first instruction on the throne. First instruction. He said, look, I've, I'm done with Saul. I'm done. And then Samuel came to Saul. And then the first thing Saul told Samuel. After this whole thing was that, oh, blessed be God, I've done everything that the Lord said I should do. I've finished, I've done. The, but did he do it? Well, he tried. At least 99.9%. I mean, he tried. He killed most of them. It's just the king that he took. But God said he has rebelled. God said he has rebelled. Partial obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is still rebellion to God's word. You see, when where God's will is concerned, you need to go the long haul. You need to do everything that he says to you to do. To so observe, to do all his commandments. Not some. Not the ones you feel good about. All his commandments. All his commandments. You see, and the Bible, when Samuel approached him, Samuel said unto him that, what, what's the meaning of the bleating of the sheep that are here? And then Saul began to you know, speak English. Eh, is the people, the people said that let's offer. But you said you did what the Lord sent you to do. And then Samuel made a very important statement there. He said, is obedience, obedience not better than sacrifice? In other words, you can't sacrifice. Do be in church, be the the most faithful man in church come early to church do this, do that and you still are not obeying an instruction that God has given you you are still not in the will of God you are still not in the will of God do everything, every other thing Do do every other good thing it's not about doing good things, it's not about activities it's about what is God telling you faithfulness is not doing everything faithfulness is doing what God said it's not in the number of things that you do. it's in the specific specificity of what God has said unto you. And the Bible says, you have rebelled. That's what Samuel told us so. He said, is obedience not better? You have rebelled. And God has taken this, this kingdom from your hand and has given it to your neighbor. That was what Samuel told. And another example, a case very quickly, another case study we'll see here is the case study of Israel. if you read from numbers 22, 23, 24, 25, there was a, there's a story there and there are two main characters in the story, the first is Balak, Balak was king, the king of Moab and then there's Balaam, Balaam is a prophet with credentials, good credentials then the children of Israel came to the city of Moab they were actually passing through and then they came somewhere there then Balak sent for Balaam and said, You know what? I want you to come and crush these people for me. Because I'm threatened by them. We've heard of the things that God has done for me. I don't even want them around me. Come and place a crush for them. Balaam against God's will went. And then the first time, Balaam did a prophecy, gave an oracle. And when he gave the oracle, when Balaam gave the oracle, the, one of the things he said within the first oracle that Balaam gave was, How can I curse him that the Lord has blessed? How can I curse him that the Lord has not cursed? And then, Balak was like, you are blessing these people. I think not show my place the curse on them, and here you are blessing them. Balaam said, you know what, let's do another sacrifice, let's go higher. They went higher, offered seven sacrifices, Balaam went ahead, prophesied, and he ended up blessing again. Balaam was like, are you kidding? He said, no, you know what, no, let's go higher, let's go higher. They went higher four times. Offer everybody seven times and kept up when Balaam could not do it. You know what he told you? know what? He said, I can't cause this people. In Numbers 23 23, he said, There's no enchantment against Jacob, neither any divination against Israel. And then he could not just do it. And then he told Balaam, He said, No, you know what? I can't place a curse on them. In other words, I can't harm them. As long as they are under the covering of the High, I can't do anything to them. There is nothing anybody can do unto them. And that's why you need to remain dependent. You need to remain under the covering of God's shepherd. Because as long as you are there, your security is there. As long as you are there, your provision is there. I said, there's nothing I can do to them. And then he told them, but there is something you can do. There is a way you can, you can, you can get to them. How? He said, send your send ladies to them. Once they disobey. And step out of the wheel, you are off the cover. And then they did that, sent women into their camp. They went into the women, you know, did all sorts. And there was a major plague that burst out. 24,000 people died out of what? Disobedience. How was the plague stayed? Read over in Numbers 25. There was a man, Phinehas, the grandson of Aaron. While they were trying to calm all of this plague and talk to them, Moses was in the, in the congregation, Pastor Moses, the old general Basia. He was talking to the whole church of Israel. And this young man in the presence of Israel and Moses took a Moabite woman and went into his tent. What a function! You know what Phinehas did? Phinehas took a Jablina. What kind of thing is that? Took a Jablina, ran after him, went into the tent and killed both of them. And as soon as the Lord saw it, the Lord said, You know what? This year, the, the plague has finished. You don't need to have a conversation with me. Now, disobedience brought that. But radical obedience stayed the plague. Some people wonder what's the problem with Eve even eating fruit? What, what is really the real issue? Is it not fruit? You know, mango, or apple, or whatever she ate? It wasn't about the eating of the fruit. It was about the fact that she went against God's will. She disobeyed. She disobeyed. She disobeyed hallelujah the paradigm I want us to see today is that submission flies on three on two wings submission flies on two wings the first is obedience the second is willingness the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 it says if you are willing and you are obedient you will eat the good of the land if you are willing and you are obedient, you will eat the good of the land. I want to read a scripture to us in Hebrews here. Um, right about it, Hebrews, the 13th chapter, and then verse 17. Just to so buttress this point, Hebrews 13 and verse 17. He says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive to them. Mm. So which means there's a difference between obeying those rule over you, and be submissive to them. Uh-huh. He says, obey those rule over you. It is not there. And then he says, and be submissive to them. He says, for they watch out for your souls, as those who must give an account. He says, and let them do it joyfully. Let them do it with joy, not with grief. Because that will be unprofitable to you. He says obey and then be submissive. It means you can obey and yet not be submissive. Yeah, yeah. Obedience deals with the acts. Submissiveness deals with the heart. Submissiveness deals with the attitude. It deals with your attitude. How did you go about it? How did you do it? Yes, you did it, but how did you do it? Yes, you carried instructions out, but how did you how, how did you carry them out? If I say take this chair or take this thing, put it on top of that place and you do it and just do it gradually and just, just put it there. Yes, you did what I told you to do, but you are not submissive. You are not submissive. You did it quite alright, but not with a willing mind. Not with a willing with a willing mind. You don't do it willingly. You had to be coerced. And the reward isn't just that you do it, the reward is that you do it willingly. The reward is that you do it with Willingness and obedience are the two winds upon which submission flies. You can't just do it and say, okay, I've done it. Psalm 100. It says, let the people shout for joy. Shout for joy, O ye lands. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. Not these that the Lord has made you and not you yourselves. He says, you are the sheep of his pasture. Now, notice in verse 2, the Bible says, Psalm 1 of verse 2, it says, serve the Lord with gladness. Service to the Lord is your obedience. Gladness deals with your attitude. And this happens a lot. It happens a lot. You do something but not within, within heart. And what guarantees your provision, what guarantees that you partake of the good that God is sending to you is not just, not, not just that you're obedient, but that you're with the good. I'll give an example and then go to the fourth paradigm, we're almost out of time. An example of a minister of the gospel. Now this minister of the gospel was a pastor, pastor of the church, several churches. And after a while, he left what you know, we know to be pastoring into what was known then as the field ministry, an evangelistic ministry. He just went about teaching, you know, going from church to church and all that. And then he wondered after a couple of months in the field ministry that his income, he it was, it was, it was going under. His needs were not being met, his bills were not being paid, everything was just there. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't having fun at all. And then he said he decided to take up a fast and go to the Lord with the scripture in Isaiah one eighteen. I said, Lord, this is what the word says. He said, if you're in obedience, you'll be the good of the land. I'm not eating the good of the land. I'm not driving the good of the land, I'm not living, in the, I'm not wearing, there's nothing good about what you that is around me. I said, but while I was pastoring, there were even things that were better, now I obeyed your word. You are the one that said I should stop pastoring. I've stopped pastoring, I've not started preaching from church to church, and yet my needs are not met. What is the problem? I he just took time fasting and praying and praying over all of this. And then the Lord told him that the reason why you're not eating the good of the land is simple, you don't qualify. <laughs> he wondered, I don't understand, what do you mean I don't qualify? I, I did watch it. I said, Yes, you did it, but you've never been willing one day of your life. Wow. Immediately, he did an adjustment inside. See, it doesn't take long for you to be willing. <laughs> you can be willing in a split second, saying you just become willing, mm-hmm. especially when you've learned obedience by the kings that yeah, you suffered. Yeah. You by experience come to a point. I said, Look. Look, forget it. Are, I am willing. You don't even try to to, to, to force with God. You just begin to say, Lord, I surrender. That will be your, your theme song. And immediately became willing and the Lord taught him some other things about finances and all that. But what am I trying to get across to us today? That we need to do things with a willing heart. With a willing heart. Number four, the fourth paradigm, as we bring this to a close, is that if you're going to submit under God's authority, there are two branches to God's authority upon us. Now I'm talking about submitting to God's authority. Now there are two branches to God's authority upon us. The first is his direct authority. And his, the second is his delegated authority. First is God's direct authority. And the second is his delegated authority. Direct authority, God tells you something to do, quickens the scripture in your heart, tells you to go in a particular direction. That's his direct authority. And many times people don't quite have a problem with that. But when it comes to his delegate, see, there are institutions that God has put upon the earth as people to carry on his authority. And there are four platforms that God has delegated his authority to. The first is the family. There is authority in the family. The man is the head. You see, let me, let me divert a bit and just go on this side journey. Never get hooked to a man that doesn't have authority to build his life. Amen. Never do. A man that does not have an authority figure, he does not have someone he submits to, will do. he will, he will make a mess of his authority in your own life. He will if you're going to submit to a man, submit to a man who is already submitted. Submit to, if he's not submitted, he's, he's throwing tantrums at all, he's, all, all the seeming authority figures. He, he does not have mentors, he does what he, what he wills at any, he is God, he's God, is alive in the tribe of Judah. You need to be careful there. You need to be very careful. Now, one of the platforms that God has, has delegated authority to is the family. There is authority in the family and God delegated that authority to the family. The second platform is civil authorities. The Bible talks about that in Romans 13, how there is no authority that be except from God. No authority. And that is specifically spoke about politi- the political scene, the civil authority. The Bible talks about the social authority as well and then talks about the spiritual authority. Talks about the church as a spiritual authority. That's where we have apostles, prophets, you know, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. You see, and that's authority in the church. Now, the way we know many times how submissive you are to God is how submissive you are to the physical authority that you can see. Because if you are not submitted to the physical authority, you can talk, you can see, they are talking to you face to face, and you cannot submit to them. How are we to? Depend on you that you be submissive to God. You can't. The same thing that God spoke about in 1 John. He says if you do not love your brother, you, you can't love Christ. You can't say you love God, I love God, and you don't love them, your neighbor. You don't love your brother, you don't love anybody. You walk over people's heads. How do you expect us to believe that you love God? The same thing is true. concerning your submission to God is reflected to your submission to your authority figures in your life your mentors. And you see, if you are not under authority, you are in a dangerous place. You don't have a church. Where is your church? The church of the universe. Who is your pastor? The God of the universe. That can't be. You need to have people who are speaking constantly into your life. That is part of God's system. To bring about, that's why we talked about having a family, having a church family, having a community. Because that is part of God's system to bring you into his rich of life. To bring you into abundance. Hallelujah. Great. Very quickly, I want to address how can you really get to a point of submission? How can you drive yourself into submission? The first thing is this, you must see God's word as final authority over your life. Many people still see so many times God's word as the suggestion as, okay, this person said this, my friend said that, and then God too said this. So I'm trying to decide which one. And although God do sound really cool, you know, it really looks like something worth trying. <laughs> you see, God's word in your life must be the final authority. I'll tell you how I know many people don't see this that way. Now, if you come, if you have a visitation from the Lord, and the Lord comes into your room, just walks into your room. Maybe you're studying, you're praying, you have a visitation from the Lord. He walks into your room, and you see the Lord Jesus right in your room with the cloud of glory, with that awesomeness. You just see him move into your room. The whole place is filled with cloud. You'll be like, Oh yeah, I've seen the Lord. I've seen, I mean, you are all you are all in awe. And the Lord tells you, My son, I want you to go into the world, and I want you to preach the gospel. I want you to make disciples of me in all the nations of the rest. You see, from that day, it becomes a calling. The next time you see yourself, I have, even if you have not been called before, you are already, God has already called you. You begin to possibly even become an apostle. We referring to yourself as an apostle or an evangelist. Because why? You've seen the Lord. The Lord came into your room and he told you to win. But is that not what he said in Mark 28, is that not what he said in Mark 16? Why do you need him? To show up to tell you what he has already said. Wow. Because many people many times still depend on a form to leave them, not on the God's wow. voice. Wow. If God comes to you and then I comes to you and tells you, you know what? That promotion you're asking for, I have done it. It's a done deal. See, no matter what comes to you, you will just you will just see yourself you are believing. Even if the GM says so I'm not going to promote then you'll be you I mean, I've seen the Lord. I saw the Lord and he told me. But oh, is that not what he said in Psalm 75? That promotion has not come from the east or the west? So how come you now believe it? You're stronger because you've seen a form that has just been cannot. You need to say God's word as final authority. Once you see it, it's as good as God stepping into your room and with his own mouth telling you, that, look, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. I think it was all a robot could one. one of them was asked that how did you get a call into the ministry? He said, I don't even know if I'm called to the ministry. I just saw in the Bible go preach the gospel and I just went out preaching the gospel and I've been preaching it since then. <laughs> I don't know whether I'm called or not. You need to depend on God's voice, mm-hmm. not on a form overdressed. Then has addressed this before. You don't need to depend on an appearance, and that is what makes many people come out, and that's what makes them often times being tossed to and fro because they are dependent on physical things to affirm, to validate or invalidate what they believe. Let your convictions you know, dip your roots down into God's word. That's how you open up yourself. So, have you gotten independence? If the answer is yes, better <laughs> retract the independence and get back on that dependence. Wow. Wow. You shouldn't have a dependence an independence day. <laughs> You should depend solely on God. Remain cover, Remain under God's God's truth. Under God's word. Under God's will and under God's way. Hallelujah. Praise, Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Are you blessed, can you give just, begin to just pray in other tongues where you are right now. In the name of Jesus. And just begin to pray in other tongues. You see, another way by which you get submitted is actually by praying in tongues. You see, because tongues takes a hold of your tongue. And the Bible is understanding, James, that the tongue is the most yeah. dangerous, the most unruly part of the human. Once you can control your tongue, the Bible says you can attain the whole body. Yeah. And by praying in other tongues you control, you, you control your vocal cords. Can you just begin to pray in other tongues right now in the name of Jesus? vrede tu celebra na meg lusefr na manos lebe povereca se cataba haya de Bia bie sokolo vrono mundo lufredis caida baradas overebana casa die le mofrodoz etena banes ededere sokolo tholo boro veso ko ire banians ko baradas laxus do boro vondo sokon bredich ede barasa savana maro culeberi atuseman oh thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus. Father, we give you praise. Uh, yeah. We consecrate yeah. ourselves again unto you. Wow, what a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at PowerPoint Tribe.